this is my favorite part of the offseason when we start kind of getting prepared for the moves to start happening. A trade actually going down this weekend already in the AL Central. So we'll talk about that a little bit. But what I like to do is kind of get a feel for what I would do if I had Derek Falvey and Thad Levine's shoes on. So today we're going to take a look at my 1.0 version of my Twins offseason blueprint. This is Locked on Twins. You are Locked on Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello again and welcome back to Locked On Twins. I'm your host, Brandon Warren, and you can unfollow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E. Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. And of course, as part of the Locked On Podcast Network, we're your team every day. Again, we want to encourage people to be um, you know, active in the chat, active in all that that goes with being a person who takes the show and consumes the show we'd love to hear from you in some form or fashion but if you like the show let me know if you don't also let me know because i want to make it a better version today's episode is brought to you by fanduel make every moment more right now new customers get 150 dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet that's 150 bucks if your team wins visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started now Today, we are doing a bit of a catch-up episode because I actually was not feeling the best last night and opted to get some rest. So we're playing catch-up, as I said, but we're going to do our mock off-season version 1.0. And you can see a lot of these versions online. A lot of people will do them I mean, written out. It's probably just as easy, easy to consume, if not easier that way. And I've actually done that for many years running. And now, since we've got this going on with Locked on Twins, I think it's the perfect place to um, to share that with you. And I think it'll probably take on different versions as the offseason goes on, you know, assuming things happen on here that negate some of the plans. You know, if someone else signs a player we're looking at, you got to pivot just like in real life. So before, though, we get to all of that, I do want to talk to you about the news of the day. We're going to break down some news of the day. Twins exercise options on Jorge Polanco for $10.5 million, Max Kepler for $10 million. We'll have them for at least the next year. It'll be interesting to see if either of these guys ends up moved. Because um, we're doing today's mock-off season, we'll have a pretty good feel of where the payroll is going to settle in, pretty good feel of what roles will and will not be filled and it'll give you a better feel for if you think someone should be traded because someone's knocking down the door behind them to play. So Polanco and Kepler, you would expect to be twins, at least as of now, on opening day. The option for Tim Anderson was declined by the White Sox on Saturday, $14 million. And so a bit of a curiosity. I think a lot of people expected them to exercise it just from the standpoint of they don't want to rush Colson Montgomery and don't really have an option otherwise. But who knows? Maybe he goes back for less money. It certainly was not a banner year for Tim Anderson in pretty much every way you can imagine. So if he ends up back there for less, that would make some sense. 
But with that said, he is on the free market, at least for the time being. Eduardo Rodriguez opted out of his Tigers deal on Saturday, uh, opted out of three years, $49 million left. I'd be curious to see where he ends up. He could be a target for the Twins, I would think, as a lefty, still fairly young and has uh, not as many miles on his arm due to health issues that has kept him off the mound. Um, but with that said, if the Twins think they can make him better than he's been, it would be an interesting proposition because he's always had good peripherals with the, the Red Sox before and then the Tigers. It's just been a matter of kind of putting it all together. And if the Twins can do that with someone like Pablo Lopez, I would say Pablo Lopez, before he became a Twin, was about as good or almost as good as Eduardo Rodriguez is now. So there, there in theory, is more room to improve. So would not shock me if the Twins go after him. He's not in our blueprint today, but just kind of keep that on the back burner. Uh, Tigers acquired Mark Canna for left-handed pitcher Blake Holub uh, from the, the Tigers, uh, or from the Brewers, sorry. Uh, Tigers get him from the Brewers. Holub is on his way to the Brewers. Um, Canna, you know, right-handed bat, can play a little bit all over. Did not appear likely that the Blue Brewers, excuse me, were going to exercise his option. I believe it was for $11 million. So definitely not the kind of money they want to pay for a guy who, um, you know, does a lot of things well, but that's kind of high, kind of steep for them. Whereas, uh, you know, the Tigers are playing with a little more, uh, I think, flexibility now that Miguel Cabrera's contract is off the books and, and all that. So uh, tough one today. Reds declined 20 million option on Joey Votto. So we'll see where he lands if he ends up back in Cincinnati. But the way Nick Crawl made it sound today was that they couldn't offer him the plate appearances he deserves. And that might have been a cop out rather than just to say we don't want to pay him 20 million. But We'll see, but for the first time in Joey Votto's career, he is a free agent, and it'll be curious to see. I think I could see him landing in Toronto, you know, really um, go home for that last year, however long the rest of his career is. Uh, Marcus Stroman opts out of the final $21 million one year of his deal. Um, one year, $21 million over one year for his deal out of the uh, with the Cubs. Be curious to see, too, uh, you know, he's into his uh, – getting closer to his mid-30s, he's not quite there yet. but. Um, it's, it's going to be worth watching what his AAV is, because I don't know if he'll approach 21 million over multiple seasons. But I did have some people, too, asking, would the Twins have interest? And I'm, I'm thinking he's kind of not really what they look for in starting pitchers. Doesn't have the strikeouts, more of a ground ball guy. I don't think the Twins are opposed to grounders. It's just that um, without the strikeouts and with the way that their defense is built in the outfield, especially around hopefully a healthy Byron Buxton, they've always been more of a fly ball team. Now, with that said, Sonny Gray was a ground ball guy and they made it work. So I'm I'm not certain. Also, to Carlos Correa being in tow certainly helps benefit the fact that they could go the route of a ground ball guy. But we'll see. Wade Miley has the 10 million portion of his mutual option declined. Probably more along the lines of you know, he wanting him wanting to get a multi-year deal, perfectly solid numbers. Just to, I think his skill set on the market is not that enticing. You know, a lefty who does not have big velocity but gets people out. You know, he's a perfect number four, number five starter. Uh, again, another one I could see the Twins maybe showing some interest in, but he's not their conventional uh, type of pitcher that I would expect them to prioritize. So we'll see. 
not surprising Cody Bellinger declining his half of the $25 million mutual option with the Cubs. He'll look to get a multi-year deal, probably around that value per year. So um, great bounce back season for him on the north side. Mike Clevenger declining his portion of the $12 million mutual option with the White Sox. So on the south side of things, um, pretty decent year for the White Sox. He'll look to get a multi-year deal. And I, I don't see the Twins being interested for myriad reasons, but um, just again, I don't think he fits the profile. I don't think he strikes out enough guys for them to really feel good about uh, bringing him on. Angels declined a $9 million option on Eduardo Escobar, former twin. Love to see him back here, but I really don't think it's likely. Again, doing my mock off season, it just it didn't look like there'd be room. Um, but hopefully, we're hoping for the best for one of the all timers to wear a twins uniform personality wise and good player besides. Uh, White Sox declined a $15 million Liam Hendricks option. So instead, they'll pay a $15 million buyout, a million dollars per year over 15 years. So um, apparently they're choosing to go that route rather than paying him all up front and keep him in the organization. I know it's not a popular move with White Sox fans and I can see why, but he also is not really likely to pitch too much next year, if at all, after having Tommy John. So, uh, honestly, no real good answer there. Uh, Dodgers declining an $18 million option on Lance Lynn. Not, I mean, a little surprising, but not really if you aren't sure about his underlying stats, but. I suspect his market will be interesting with teams kind of looking for a bargain on a guy who's a bulldog. We'll give you innings. Good mid-rotation guy. Blue Jays declined $18 million option on Whit Merrifield, as did he. He'll be a free agent, get a chance to see who's looking for a utility man. Certainly not going to approach $18 million per year or even for one year, but I think he just would rather get a multi-year deal, which, you know, good for him especially as he's getting into his well into his thirties, he's not going to have too many more options for that. So be curious to see if the twins are in on that. He does kind of fit the bill. Right-handed swinger can play all over, you know, something they needed. Uh, Seth Lugo declined his seven and a half million player option with the Padres had a nice year with them. So another starting pitcher on the heap that the twins will likely be shopping from Jorge Soler declined his 13 million option from the Marlins. He hit 30 plus homers this year. So he's going to look to get, a multi-year deal with teams desperately looking for offense. I think he's got a good shot. And then a few quick ones here. Former Twins prospect Nick Birdie outrighted by the Cubs. He's 30, but he got back to the big leagues, which was pretty cool to see. Former twin John Curtis outrighted by the Mets. So another reliever on the outs with an organization. He also, too, got back after arm surgery. Andrew Chafin had his option to climb by the Brewers, seven and a quarter million and he is going to be one of the more sought after, I think, lefty setup guys. Interesting guy, um, but one of the best lefty late inning guys uh, for, for setup slash middle relief. Again, could be of interest to the Twins. Maybe you have a double barrel lefty action with field bar. And then finally, Lourdes Goriel, who I've seen a lot of Twins fans interested in. Uh, here's a fun thing. Uh, Arizona Republic's Nick Picoro reporting that because of a, a, a negotiation clause in his contract, he cannot be given the qualifying offer, which means he would not be tied to a qualifying offer if, for instance, the Twins wanted to sign him. There'd be no compensation returned. So doesn't really change much for the Twins, but you know, in theory, it's just one less obstacle 
for him possibly being a twin. We're going to come back with my off-season blueprint. But before we do that, a word from our friends at FanDuel. So you can score right now this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. So if you got someone you like in week nine, this is the time to get involved. So again, that's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about FanDuel, there's no better joining FanDuel. Sorry, easy for me to say. There's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app could not be easier to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, overs, unders, and more. And let me reiterate, right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. I've looked at the slate. I think there's plenty of opportunities for you this week. Hey, if you like my Vikings going into Atlanta, not sure I do, but something you can bet on for sure. But hey, wherever you like, doesn't matter. You can get in on the action. All you got to do is visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season or your NFL season with FanDuel. That's FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, we're back. We're into the bullpen, and we are ready to do our Twins off-season, mock off-season, our first of the year. And I have so much ground to cover here. I'm going to bring up this uh, picture. So if you are watching on YouTube, you can see basically everything that I have planned for the Twins this off-season. And uh, let's see if we can... Maybe make it look a little better here. Put on a different background. There we go. Um, so we have a, we have a lot of ground to cover here. Um, let's start with the moves internally. I'm extending a qualifying offer to Sonny Gray, and honestly, if he accepts it, I'm not going to be too upset. He's not going to, but just hypothetically, if he were to accept it, that's a shade over $20 million, as uh, I believe Bob Nightingale reported the value of this year's QO. But Sonny's going to get that on a multi-year deal. It would really have to come down to he's wanting to control where exactly he plays year to year down the stretch of his career. Again, like I've said multiple times with like Hiroki Kuroda, who did that with the Yankees towards the end of his career, just one year, one year, one year. If you like where you're at, cool. You know, no reason to do anything other than that. I don't think that's the case with Sonny Gray, but it could be. I'm non-tendering Kyle Farmer. I just can't, I just cannot, simply cannot justify paying six-ish million to a guy who's, you know, a really nice utility player, but does not, to me, offer enough with the bat to merit paying that amount. Now, if you non-tender him and he's willing to come back as a utility man for a, a different number, or uh, basically what I'm saying is I wouldn't close the door on having him. It's just not at that number. Point blank. That's it. And then I'm non-tendering Jorge Alcala, who is due about a million bucks. Now, it's not the end of the world to pay a pitcher like that a million dollars. And if you're looking at the screen, I actually have him on my minor league 
signing slash roster fill type deal considerations. I'd definitely bring him back on a minor league deal. But I just, I don't think I can justify paying him a million dollars guaranteed if I don't, he's a total wild card at this point. You know, he hasn't shown all that much to this point in his big league career. Plus there's health issues besides. So, uh, you know, for my money, I'm probably out on Jorge Alcala, but again, it's not make or break. If you can look at the, the screen, you can see our payroll figure at the end of this is just a, a touch under 150 million. So it's, it's certainly not going to make or break this whole situation. Um, we're basically right in the same realm of last year's opening day or year end opening day payroll. Sorry, excuse me, 153 million. We're about 151. Uh, certainly can nudge it up and down as needed. But again, we're right in that mix with, with everything we don't know about the financials behind broadcast contracts and that sort of thing. I think it's probably, you know, if, if you want to factor in money, it's hard to know how. So I think, again, I don't like to get too tied up in budgets, but at the same time, I think we can reasonably expect a similar budget to last year for projection purposes. For all we know, maybe they'll cut the payroll 25 million and that's that. We can't account for that. So we're not going to try. But now we get into the fun stuff. I'm going on a limb here. I'm going to sign Cody Bellinger to a six-year deal worth $150 million. So it's $25 million per year. The number he said no to for the Yankees for one year, not six. So I still think $25 million, it could be in that mix. And it's the perfect world for the Twins, Cody Bellinger as a free agent. You already have two superstar caliber players on your roster in Byron Buxton and Carlos Correa. Byron Buxton has signed on a very good contract for a team. For as good as he is, you know, it's tied to his um, most concerning ability, which is availability. They have Carlos Correa again on a contract where a player of his caliber, as we saw that offseason, can command twice as long of a deal. With those two about as neatly wrapped as you can get superstar talent, you can afford to give $25 million to Cody Bellinger. And the end of the year budget sheet that I have here, the estimated budget sheet proves that. It also proves that they could probably sign another reliever. Or if you don't like the rotation as I have it, they could definitely add another one too. Cody Bellinger gives them a center fielder slash first baseman. Where are they? I don't want to say weakest. Where are they the least stable in their starting lineup right now? Center field and first base. You have one guy who can fill both, obviously not at the same time, because uh, he's a great player, but he's not a <laughs> he's not an alien or anything. Um, but that way you are effectively protected against if Byron Buxton can't play center. But if Buxton can, Bellinger's a perfectly solid first baseman and, of course, could play either corner. I think he'd be an absolutely incredible corner outfielder. I mean, you get him comfortable in right field and it's over. Incredible talent. And the down years that he had 
before leaving the Dodgers, I think will drive the price enough down that he, in, in theory, if you told people that he would get a $200 million deal four years ago, everybody'd be like, yeah, maybe 300 million. Instead, this is the perfect time to strike because a year from now, if he has another year with whoever, like he did with the Cubs this last year and was hypothetically a free agent again, you're talking 200 plus million, even with that year spent of his prime. So it's a good spot to be in. Six years, 150 million. You've got someone who can fill multiple spots as an absolute superstar at his peak of his ability and is on a going rate that would be for a really great player, but certainly not a superstar. So 25 million to him as part of my mock, uh, my mock budget, but we're staying within last year's payroll, which I think is huge. Okay. So we've gone over the QO for Sonny Gray, non-tendering Kyle Farmer and Jorge Alcala. Signing Cody Bellinger for six years, 150 million. I want another veteran reliever for the back end of my bullpen. Don't get me wrong. I like this bullpen probably more than most. But what about another high leverage lefty? Will Smith has been on the last, I think, three World Series winners. He's not that kind of lefty, but I definitely consider him. And I think, yeah, I actually have him on my list of roster fill type considerations then i'll read that list here in a minute but i would give matt Moore pretty much what he made last year um seven and a half million on a one-year deal i think he was seven seven five right in that right in that neighborhood had an incredible year almost a two-win pitcher via baseball reference war high leverage kind of guy it hedges against caleb's caleb field bar both an age and home run problem how many lefties do you need in a bullpen the, the answer is always more so even if you have Cody Funderburg, I mean, you, you could bring so many different angles, so many different pitch types, so many different, you name it. So I'm going to give him one year, seven and a half million. And I'm going to structure my bullpen as Duran Jacks, more. This is working from the back, by the way. Rock Stewart, Thielbar Varland, Cody Funderburg, and Josh Winder. If you don't like Josh Winder in the bullpen, totally fine. The, the roster fill type guys that I've been looking at, you know, if you want Michael Fulmer, Brad Hand, Ryan Stanek, Will Smith, Jake Diekman, um, th those would be the relievers I would think would be maybe in that mix. Uh, but we could see. It, it, we'll see. The big move for me, though, is if you spend the big money on Bellinger, you still have rotation spots to fill by the departures of not only Sonny Gray, but Kent Maeda. Now, I'm open to bringing back Maeda on a one-year deal. I'd be open to signing these two. These, uh, Hyun Jin Ryu is also a free agent. Luis Severino, you take a ch chance on. I think they should take uh, get Tyler Malley back. I, I feel like for some reason that ship has sailed. But otherwise, my, yeah, my roster fill type candidates are Alcala Fulmer, Michael Fulmer, Brad Hand, Eduardo Escobar, Donnie Solani, Ryan Stanek, Tyler Malley, Will Smith, Jake Diekman, Luis Severino, Hunter Renfro, um, you know, a righty who can hit lefties, Tommy Pham, Kenta, Hyunjin Ryu, Michael A. Taylor, if he wants to come back, and Adam Duvall. Now, if you wanted to add another big leaguer 
to this bullpen, a, pro a proven big leaguer. There's room in the budget to do that. You probably three, $4 million before you are really at the actual dollars of last year's opening day payroll. I don't think that's a real issue. If you think you can get Chafin and Matt Moore for right around 10 million bucks a year, by all means. I'm just not putting money there. I'm going to have Josh Winder in my bullpen. And that's a fifth, that's still a $15 million bullpen. So it's plenty of money. My rotation is $18,255,000. And if you're listening but not watching, you have a no idea where I'm going with this. The final move that I'm making, and but when I say final move, I mean final move that's a real like noteworthy one. I'm trading Emmanuel Rodriguez plus for Jesus Lazardo. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking a lot of things. Why would the Marlins want to trade with the Twins again? Pitching for a position player. Well, it didn't necessarily go bad for them. It didn't go bad for the Twins. Why would they want to trade Lazardo? Lazardo throws a 97-mile-per-hour fastball. He strikes out more than 10 batters per nine. Home run issue, not so much. And he's more of a fly ball guy than a ground ball guy. He's about to get expensive. $6 million estimated in arbitration. He's 26. Just turned 26 a month ago. Big lefty, well, not big, six foot two eighteen, so not not huge, but he he pitches big. He's got three years after this of club control, so he's the kind of pitcher who is going to get really expensive through arbitration because he's starting arb early as a super two, or he started arb early as a super two, so he's estimated for six million. And if he even pitches just decently, you very quickly jump from nine to twelve to fifteen before free agency if not much more. Um, a big year could put you closer to 14, 15, and then you're in the 20s. The Marlins aren't going to want to pay that, at least not that we've ever seen. The Twins might be. And I think if they spend their actual real budget money on a position player like Cody Bellinger, they're going to have to do the painful position player for a pitcher trade again. Why not go back to the well with the Marlins? Lizardo's going to get expensive. Emmanuel Rodriguez is a monster. He also has to be added to the 40-man roster this offseason to be protected. He turns 21 in February. He's coming off knee surgery. He has played 99 games above low A. I'm all in on this guy. However, there also might not be a better time to make a trade with this guy. So if you can trade Emmanuel Rodriguez and say a couple of decent but not amazing prospects, you know, maybe the Marlins want to take a chance on Keone Cabaco. Maybe the Marlins really like, um, you know, Corey Lewis, CJ Culpepper. Uh, starting pitchers who are a little further down, or position players who are maybe a little more raw. Um, maybe they want Jose Salas back. Maybe they want Jorge Polanco, in which case the deal would have to get more complicated. But Emmanuel Rodriguez as a base for Jesus Lazardo, I think it makes sense for both sides. What does that leave us with here? A starting lineup of Ryan Jeffers at catcher, Cody Bellinger at first. Now, this is hypothetical. 
You're not going to pay a guy $25 million to just play first base, but it's really hard to have a floater in one of these. Jorge Polanco at $10.5 million. Royce Lewis at third base for $740K, which is the major league minimum in 2024. Correa uh, at short for $33.3 million. Uh, Kirilov in left for a million bucks. Buxton in center for 15 and change. Again, in center. We, we don't know anything now. It could be Bellinger there. Um, Buxton at DH and our DH, Edward Julian at first. We, we don't know. Um, Kepler for 10 million and Edward Julian for 740K. That is a starting lineup that is just a shade under, or just a shade over 98 million. So not quite 100 million. Your bench is Christian Vasquez, who's basically a 1B to Ryan Jeffers 1A. Um, I'm sure people will ask, well, why not trade him? I, I just don't see it happening. If you have two catchers of that caliber, you hang on to them. I got Willie Castro, Matt Walner, and Nick Gordon as my bench. It's a $15 million bench, mostly because Christian Vasquez. Um, but she got 113 or so million tied up in position players. Pablo Lopez at 8.25 million. Jesus Lizardo at six. Chris Paddock at 2.525, and then a couple guys making minimum in Joe Ryan and Bailey Ober. That's an 18.255 million rotation. And then the bullpen, as we noted before, we'll start from the top this time. Uh, Josh Winder, Cody Funderburk, Louis Varland, Caleb Thielbar, Brock Stewart, Matt Moore, Griffin Jacks, Joan Duran, 15 million and change. Add in the $3 million of dead money in the Randy Dobnak contract, and you come out to an estimated payroll of $149,791. Uh, sorry, $149,791,190. So $149,791,190. Right in the thick of where the Twins were last year, and I would be willing to bet money that that's a division-winning team and one who is very dangerous in the postseason. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did, because I love doing these exercises. Oh, there's my face again. Um, you know, it's nice to do these shows where you don't have to see too much of my face, which is which is good. But hey, um, again, thank you so much for checking this out. I would love to hear where you differ, where you uh, disagree, or just what your plan would look like altogether. So leave it in the comments, or maybe we'll do a... Q&A episode where you say a player, I say what I do or don't like about them as a fit for the Twins. Maybe that's what we'll do. We'll come back with that next week. But for now, thank you for hanging out. This has been Locked on Twins, and we'll catch you later.